Hello and welcome to the Teaching Matters podcast relaunch. Teaching Matters is the University of Edinburgh's website, blog, and podcast that invites staff and students to share best practices, reflections, and ideas on all things related to teaching and learning. Today, we are launching the first episode of a four-part series on creative approaches to practicals and fieldwork in online and hybrid spaces. In this episode, Robbie Nichol, a professor of place-based education, and Heidi Smith, a lecturer of outdoor learning at the Moray House School of Education and Sport, discuss the critical role of place-based education in hybrid teaching and learning and its capacity to support health and well-being. We hope you'll enjoy this engaging episode, and please feel free to share your comments with us either directly on the blog or you can email us at teachingmatters at ed.ac.uk. Happy listening! So my name's Heidi Smith and I'm here talking to Robbie Nicholl about place-based education. And this is one of the things that we're both really interested in is the educational theories that underpin the practices that uh, you, Robbie, describe and that we're both interested in, this idea of place-based education. For people who might not have come across the term before, can you say a little of what place-based education means for you? Yeah, sure. I mean, place-based education places students in local heritage or cultures, landscapes, and it provides opportunities, experiences, uh, what we might call affordances uh, for different places and spaces now, key to place-based education is interdisciplinarity. Um, and although place-based education does tend to want to draw together all these subject specialisms, uh, it does want to do so specifically to deal with real-world problems. So place-based education is not simply a theoretical concept. It's something that wants to be applied to problems and as such it draws on all subject areas from the arts, the humanities and sciences. Thanks Robbie and so what I'm hearing is that place-based education really incorporates the local, the global experiential learning and most importantly relationships. Is that what you're saying? Yes, you, you, you've, you've really drilled down into the three key principles of place-based education. So when we talk about local, it might simply be um, a, a lecturer taking their students out on a learning journey walk um, in Holyrood Park or down Holyrood High Street. Um, it could be a, people taking walks that are geography-based um, or interdisciplinarity-based, as we talked about before. Um, but equally, it could be global in the sense that um, place-based education focuses on, perhaps in this case, theoretically, the idea that um, there are things happening in places that we are not present in, and we need to be aware of them. So, for example, global warming uh, affects us globally, but it affects us locally. Uh, but equally, uh, the global notion also includes our students uh, going from university to, to places of perhaps inequality, uh, to deal with problems that uh, exist in both the global north and the global south. And then the third thing, experiential. Well, it, experiential 
processes are central to place-based education because we believe that you can understand things theoretically, but it's not until you're exposed to things experientially that your actual uh, emotional instincts are to do something about the inequalities that you recognise theoretically. Thanks for that, Robbie. That really clears up those those key aspects. I suppose if I'm um, looking and observing you taking place-based learning, what might it look like? Yes, so, so one of the examples I used was uh, already was just the idea that people might simply go for, for a walk. But I think that, um, you know, this notion of inequality is central to at least my understanding of place-based education because um, the world is um, full of inequalities and if we're not doing something about them, then we're not really, in my view, doing edu good educational work. Um, so, so, that, so what you would see is people actually seeking out inequalities and then doing something about them. So it might be projects, uh, it might be what some people call real-world learning, the idea that you identify something that needs attention and then you go and do something about it. So it's not simply understanding something theoretically, you actually go and do something about it. So that, that would be what you would see. Thanks, Robbie. We've recently moved to this idea of hybrid learning um, and I'm just really interested to know how you see place-based education fitting within hybrid learning. Yeah, and the way I see this is that um, place-based education is something that is, of course, experiential, but it also could be digitally enabled. And I know that you've done a lot of work in this, Heidi, and so I'd like to perhaps um, ask you the question, um, uh, how do you see that place-based education fitting with online learning? Thanks, Robbie. I, I suppose for me, I see uh, place-based learning, when we think about it in the ways you've just described, really opens up my thinking in how I might design my online learning and include learning experiences that encourage students to seek out these inequalities. But also, I think it, it encourages also the idea that we design learning in the online space that actually requires students to go out into, as you said, the real world and create um, and engage in learning in green spaces and urban spaces and wild spaces. And it really can happen anywhere in the globe. So, and it doesn't have to be facilitated by us in person. There are other ways that we can creatively facilitate learning through either written instructions for students to help guide their learning and or through podcasts and other things like we're doing here to help guide people's learning. Yeah, and I like the way that uh, the work that we've been doing, um, for example, um, with uh, master students and using iPads and phones and such like in order that we can uh, connect with learn and do assessment, uh, assessment tasks that are digitally enabled and that seems to me to be very exciting work as well. Yeah and I think there's just many affordances when we think about the um, the different spaces we can use. Um, we can just recreate really different learning experience for students that take them away from this um, all day online on the screen experience as well and I think that's really important for health and well-being for not only students but ourselves as well. Um, sorry. Yeah you and, and you just reminded me of something I perhaps should have mentioned when we when we're looking at the definition of place-based education and of course a focus perhaps on urban spaces but um, as you reminded me earlier that um, this could be wilderness places as well place-based education is, is seeking out affordances in different places for the specific affordances that that, that they have 
And so, for example, the affordances of an urban place would be very different from the affordances of a wilderness place and, and the sorts of experiences one might um, be emotionally tied to within those places. And so it's really important that we don't forget the fact that uh, wilderness places or wild places are um, important to place-based education as well. Mm, for sure. And I think it's been really interesting um, in these COVID times, which is what we've come to call the time that we're experiencing right now, um, that um, physical distancing and social distancing are some terms that have, have come up. And I was just wondering if you wanted to speak to those at all. Yeah, I don't like the terms physical distancing or social distancing. I These are functional ideas and they're designed uh, to make sure that people remain distant from each other. Um, and I want to focus much more on how as individuals we are connected to each other and not separated from each other. So physical distancing is an essential control element to avoid the spread of coronavirus. And I get that. And that's really important. But let's not let's not let's also remember that as humans we need contact with each with each other, both as as, as human to human, but also human to human and these places and spaces that we're talking about. And I think we need to be very careful as we move forward that we do consider safe relating as something perhaps as a trinity between humans places and spaces so that we're not simply um, following the, a, a digital first agenda but we're using digitally enabled learning that's based on the affordances of places and that's very different from just um, either being outdoor or indoor it's, it's a way of thinking about places and it's a way of of thinking in places yeah and when i when i listen to you describing that i it really for me it reminds me of how important it is to blur the lines between indoors outdoors and online and think more uh, across these different spaces and places and and really embrace the best place that learning can happen for our students as we as we navigate these current times but more importantly as we think to the future and how we can continue to evolve our teaching and learning and really um, become even more innovative and creative in the way that we design learning and teaching for students across the university, not just in education, but in all other fields of learning and, and really create learning for our student, students that is dynamic, dynamic and holistic and really engages other cultures and other world spaces as well. So thanks for sharing your thoughts on place-based education and safe relating today. It's been really interesting to talk to you about this. <laughs>